but it's a little bit cool in here, and I know, <clears throat> but, you know, we want to stay with the, uh, you know, we're Michiganders, amen, and, uh, and so we, uh, <clears throat> we got to be hardy, and uh, so if you need to bundle up a little bit, I understand that, and uh, just don't get too comfortable, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of you, you're missing that hour of sleep that you lost last night, and if you, get, if you bundle up too much, you know, you get nice and cozy and uh, just like, you know, just like kind of snuggling underneath the sheets or whatever, <clears throat> and uh, you may get that hour of sleep back, you know, the next uh, 30 minutes, and we don't want that to happen either, so, uh, but I appreciate your patience with that. We'll try to get that all squared away. Genesis chapter 50, let's stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Genesis chapter 50, and we'll begin reading in verse number 22. Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 22. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived an hundred and ten years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Machir, uh, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being an hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. I want to talk to you this morning on the blessed life of Joseph. The blessed life of Joseph. Of Joseph, I don't know about you, but I want God's hand of blessing to be upon my life. Uh, I, I want to, I want to experience God's best. I don't want to, I don't want to just settle for the remains or you know, we back at home we used to call them the scraps. You know, that's what uh, that's what was the leftovers. Amen. The scraps. That's what we gave to the dog. You know, after everybody had what they wanted. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to settle for that. I want God's blessings. I want God's best. In, uh, in my life and the life of those that I love. And I want to talk to you this morning on that subject, the blessed life of Joseph. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the privilege to be here with your people this morning. And it's all because of Christ. It's all because of that empty tomb. And I pray that you'd help us in these next few moments. Help us to be a help to, uh, first of all, your people. I pray that you'd uh, help us be an encouragement, help us to uh, be a challenge and uh, I pray that your word would have its, uh, its rightful place in our hearts and that it would accomplish uh, that which you set forward to do this morning. I pray that your spirit would go from person to person and from pew to pew and uh, work in our hearts. If there's one here who doesn't know Christ as Savior, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for, for him or her. For it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. <clears throat> People who say that the Bible is a boring book have never read it. The Bible is one of the most exciting books you'll ever read. I promise you that. Uh, a lot of folks talk about, well, you know, I can't understand the Bible. I, you know, it's, uh, it, it's difficult to understand, difficult to comprehend. Truth is, you don't understand anything you don't read. Uh, <clears throat> but the truth of the matter is, the Bible is a very exciting book. It's a book of adventures. It's a book of wonderful stories. And one of the most incredible stories in the Bible is, uh, are in the pages of this, uh, this passage, this uh, passage in Genesis, and it's known as the story of Joseph. And uh, Joseph here is a 17-year-old teenager when the story begins. Of course, we just read in Genesis chapter 50 that uh, Joseph was 110 years old when he died. But if you, if you go way back uh, some 80-some-odd uh, uh, years before Genesis chapter 50, and you go back to Genesis chapter 36 and 37 and following, you find that Joseph was a 17-year-old boy when this story begins to unfold. 
And here is a 17-year-old teenager who found himself kidnapped by his own brothers, sold into slavery, uh, thought by his father to be dead, spends two years in prison, and ends up being the second in command in Egypt. And all of that before he turns 31 years old. That's pretty interesting. Uh, what a life. What an unbelievable story. And, uh, and Joseph is, uh, is an incredible picture in the Old Testament. In fact, he's a, he's a picture of our Savior. Uh, if you think about it, Joseph, he was sold into slavery for 20 pieces of silver by his own brothers. Uh, and, of course, we're reminded that our Savior, Jesus Christ, he was sold, uh, he was uh, betrayed, if you will, by Judas for 30 pieces of silver. The Bible says that Judas was rejected by his own brothers. The Bible says that Jesus came into his own and his own received him not. So there's a lot of parallels between the life of Joseph and the life of Christ. And it's just it's a, it's a very beautiful picture. But, uh, but this morning, I want to talk to you about... About the ups and downs of Joseph's life and how that God blessed him in spite of those ups and downs. Uh, we, we see so much of, a, uh, of an encouragement, so much of a, uh, of, of a, uh, a story that, that helps us in our own dealings of life. In all the ups and downs, God used Joseph to save his family and much of the world from famine. I've often looked at the life of Joseph and asked the question, why was this guy so blessed? Why was Joseph, what was it about Joseph that caused God to just favor him unbelievably? Uh, you know, in spite of all of the bad things that happened, Joseph was a blessed person. May I say this to all of us this morning? If you'll look at your life candidly and honestly this morning, in all of the ups and downs, you'll have to say in your life that God has been good. Amen. You'll have to come to the conclusion this morning that, that, that you are a blessed person. Uh, you see, uh, we, we, we read about Job's life and we kind of look at it in, in a nutshell, if you will, because the, the whole thing, all of these years are comprised of just a few chapters of the Bible. And most of, of those chapters uh, just talk about 13 to 15 years of his life or, or so so forth. But, uh, but the truth of the matter is, if you'll take an, an honest look at your life, you'd have to say, God's been good to me. You know, what we sometimes do is we focus on the negative and we ignore the positive. Many times we're guilty of looking at all the, the downs of our life and we start to feel sorry for ourselves or we start to complain or we start to gripe about all of the, the negativity or the, uh, uh, the bad circumstances or the things that we would change if we could when if we would look at the flip side of that coin, we would have to say, you know, man, what, what a great life God has given me. Hey, if you're here this morning and you're saved, you got something to shout about you got something to praise God about. Oh, I understand everybody has, has downs, and I understand that everybody has uh, episodes in your life that you wish you could change or, or certain things about your circumstances that you may not prefer. But hey, if you'll just be honest with yourself this morning, if you'll just look at the whole picture, the big picture, if you will, you'd have to, you'd have to agree with me that, you know, God's been good to me. God's been wonderful to me. And so uh, I want to talk to you uh, about this life of Joseph. Was Joseph some sort of pet <laughs> in God's eyes? Was Joseph, uh, you know, it looks like everything that Joseph did turned to gold. It looked like everything that he touched was just, as, you know, just supernaturally blessed of God. And it was, by the way. No matter how bad his circumstances seemed, he always seemed to come out on top. And this morning, I want to point out a few things in the life of Joseph that I believe were key to God using him in a special way. 
some things that, that we can look at uh, honestly and objectively in the life of Joseph and say, you know what, if I could implement that mindset, that attitude in my life, I believe that the good God of heaven would look favorably upon me as well. Hey, can I help you with something? God doesn't have any pets. God doesn't have any pets. You know, the Bible says that God's no respecter of persons. You know, the same God that loved Joseph loves you this morning. The same God that, that wanted to bless the life of Joseph wants to bless your life this, this morning. He wants you to, to have a happy and fulfilled life, and a life that is usable and useful in the Lord's service. And so let's look at it. Uh, you know, sometimes we make ourselves out, to, uh, uh, you know, or sometimes we, we, sometimes we take ourselves, if you will, out of a position to be blessed. I heard one preacher say one time, he said, uh, you know, sometimes we just need to put ourselves underneath the spout where the blessings come out. <laughs> And uh, that seems like an oversimplification, but it's true. You know, God wants to bless your life. God wants you uh, uh, to, to, to be fulfilled and to be used. And so let's look at it, if you will. I want you to consider several things by way of the story. First of all, Joseph didn't give up in the pit. Joseph didn't give up in the pit. In Genesis chapter 37, you may turn to it if you like. Uh, Genesis chapter 37, but I want to share with you just a couple of verses there as we jump into this first point. Genesis 37 and verse number 23. Genesis 37 and verse 23, the Bible says this, And it came to pass, when Joseph was coming to his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, verse 24, and they took him, talking about his brethren, and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, there was no water in it. Here is the 17-year-old, uh, this 17-year-old kid in a pit, and he's then being sold into slavery. If you read the story in Genesis 37, you'll find <clears throat> that some of his brethren, in fact, several of his brethren, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. Of course, there were some jealousy issues there. Uh, uh, Joseph was the favorite of his father, <coughs> uh, Jacob, and I'm not, I'm not condoning that whatsoever, but that's the way things were. And, of course, uh, Jacob had given Joseph this coat of many colors, and, and, uh, and, and then to make things worse, Joseph was a dreamer. He was a dreamer, and uh, he went and he told his brethren uh, uh, on several occasions about some of his dreams, and those dreams and their interpretation included his brothers bowing down to Joseph, and as you might could imagine, that didn't go over very well. How many of you, you are, you are a kid brother to someone? Okay, you have older siblings. All right, so you can imagine, if you will, if you went to your older brother uh, or older brothers and said, hey, guys, I had this dream tonight. Let me just tell you about it. I dreamed <coughs> uh, thus and so, and the interpretation of that dream is this. You're going to bow down to me one day. You might imagine that, not, that, that might not settle very well with them. And uh, you know, there are things that older brothers do to younger brothers <laughs> that, 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 that tend to fix things like that, if you will. <clears throat> but Joseph's brothers took it to a whole new level. They said, well, he's not going to talk to us that way. He's not going to come to us with all of his dreams. Uh, we're going to show him a thing or two. And so they put him in this pit, and they talked amongst themselves, and they said, hey, you know what, let's kill him. Let's kill him. And Reuben, the oldest, said, no, fellas, we can't do that. We, we, we can't do that. <clears throat> and uh, we'll just leave him here. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, Joseph ends up being sold into slavery by his own brothers. Can you imagine? 
They sold him into slavery. They took that coat of many colors, dipped it in animal's blood, took it back home to their dad and said, we're not sure what happened. He, he was out in the wilderness. He must have gotten uh, eaten by a wild animal. This is all that remains of him. And Jacob, his father, thinks he's dead. Joseph has been sold into slavery. His brothers are guilty of kidnapping and, and then selling him. But wait a minute. In all of that, <coughs> Joseph didn't give up. Joseph did not give up in the pit, so to speak. And we think we have problems. <laughs> we think we have issues. You know, <clears throat> there was something about Joseph that all of us need to emulate this morning, and that is simply this. He did not quit. He just refused to give up. He just, look, <clears throat> circumstances were bad. <clears throat> uh, his brothers hated him. His father thinks he's dead. He's been, he's been sold into slavery down into Egypt. And uh, things are, are, are looking as, as bad as they could possibly look for Joseph. But he never gave up. Or never gave up. I'm simply saying he could have thrown in the towel. He could have lost all hope. He could have given up. But he just kept on going. And that's what we need this morning. We need some folks in the Lake Crest Baptist Church who, when Satan tempts you, who, when things get really bad, who, when circumstances are at their worst, you just say to yourself, hey, I don't see how this is all going to fix itself. I don't see how God's going to bring this about for good, but I will not quit. I just won't quit. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Hey, why don't we claim that as God's promise? Why don't we just say, by the grace of God, I'm going forward. I'm not going backwards. I'm not going to tuck tail and run when things get tough. I'm not going to turn and, and quit on God. I will go forward. That's what Joseph did. That's what he did. Uh, that's what we have to do. His father thinks he's dead. His brothers hate him, but Joseph goes forward. Can I say to all of us this morning, if you are going to go through it, keep going forward. All of us are going to go through tough times. It's part of life. We can't avoid that. We can't just ignore it. We can't just say, well, you know, I mean, sometimes we tend to want to look at life through rose-colored glasses, and sometimes we may look at someone else's life and, and think to ourselves, you know what, how come they never go through, through problems? Can I help all of us? Everybody goes through problems. You know, sometimes we're guilty of looking at social media and everybody paints a rosy picture of everything that's going right and all the wonderful times and all the great things that are happening, and sometimes it doesn't dawn on us, you know what, they got problems too. <laughs> They're going through trials too. Hey, I'm simply saying there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Everybody has problems. There's some things that are it's just common denominator with human beings. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble, the Bible says. I believe in the book of Job. I'm simply saying let's go forward. Let's go forward. Look, the answers to life's problems are never behind you. They're never behind you. The answers to your problems, the answers, the, uh, the solution to the problems that you face today are not, by, are not by turning tail and running from the will of God. It's by going forward. It's by trusting the Lord. It's by saying, you know what, I don't know how God's going to bring me through this, but I'll tell you one thing, the same God that brought me through the last trial will bring me through this trial. Hey, I love, I love the, what the songwriter said, <clears throat> you know, one of, the, one of the most famous hymns in your hymn book, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You know, uh, I, I love the, you know, the, the, the verse that talks about where he said, "'Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home." "'Tis grace that hath brought me safe thus far." Hey, you know what? That's, our, that's all our stories. 
That, hey, that can be said of every single child of God in this room. You can look back in your life at times when it seemed as if the, the, the night was darkest and, and you couldn't see your hand in front of your face, spiritually speaking, or as far as your circumstances were concerned. But I want everybody to think about the fact, hey, grace brought me safe thus far and grace will bring me home. You know, if we'll go forward, that can be our testimony. Some of you are facing the pit of discouragement. The pit of discouragement. Uh, or perhaps it's the pit of family struggles. Or perhaps you're facing the pit of financial reversal or financial loss. Perhaps you're facing the pit of health problems this morning. You know, problems come in all different shapes and sizes. Pits come in all different shapes and sizes. But I'm simply saying, why don't we just determine we're going forward? We're going forward. Uh, don't throw in the towel. I want you to see, first of all, that Joseph wouldn't give up in the pit. And then I want you to see this. Joseph wouldn't yield to the temptation of the flesh. Why did God use Joseph? Why, was, why did it seem that Joseph's life was unbelievably blessed of God? Maybe it was because he didn't give up when circumstances were at their worst. Maybe, number two, it was because he wouldn't yield to the temptation of the flesh. If you have your Bible in front of you, look at Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39 and verse number 7. This is the episode of Joseph after he is sold into slavery. <clears throat> he goes to work uh, in, uh, in the house of a man named Potiphar there in Egypt. Potiphar was a, he was a dignitary. He was a distinguished gentleman there, uh, a, uh, a VIP in Egypt, if you will. And, uh, and Joseph goes to work in Potiphar's house. And I would assume that as a slave, he goes to work in a very menial position at first. But very quickly, it's evident that the hand of God is upon Joseph. In fact, you read several accounts throughout the story of Joseph. One of my favorite lines in the whole story of Joseph, you see it over and over again. It says something to this effect, and the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. You see it over and over again. God was with him. The presence of the Lord was with him. Over and over and over again, you see that phrase that comes back. And here is Joseph in the home of Potiphar there in Egypt. And he quickly uh, uh, works his way and impresses uh, his bosses to the, to the point where Potiphar uh, uh, puts him in charge of everything in his house. Joseph is in charge of everything about the household of Potiphar, and, uh, and that brings us to Genesis chapter 39 and verse number 7, where it says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. Verse 8, But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is, with, what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness, notice what it says, and sin against God. By the way, all sin is against God. All sin is against God. But here's Joseph. <clears throat> he is in charge of Potiphar's house. He is the, he's the ultimate steward of, uh, of Potiphar's possessions. And, uh, and so uh, Joseph is going about his duties, and uh, Potiphar's wife has, uh, has bad thoughts toward Joseph. And she comes out, and she, of course, uh, uh, she, tries to, uh, uh, she tries to entice him. And she finally comes to Joseph, and she said, Joseph, nobody will ever know. <clears throat> I, I want you to come and be with me and in a moral uh, way. And Joseph said, I can't do that. I can't do that. 
And we talked a little bit last Sunday about integrity and how important that is in this day and age. But Joseph, it got to the point where we read on in the passage where the Bible says that Joseph left his coat in her hands and he just got him out of there. He ran. By the way, that's good advice. <clears throat> that's good advice. Over in the New Testament, the Bible simply says this. Flee, or Paul, speaking to Timothy, he said, flee youthful lusts. Hey, there's a time when, it, when it's, it's time to run. And uh, when we're talking about temptation, good idea is to run, to run. Uh, but here, Joseph would not yield to the temptation of the flesh. Is that what it was that caused God to bless Joseph? I believe it was a, it was a contributing factor for sure. You understand something? If Joseph, in this one instance, if Joseph caves in to the, uh, uh, to, to the desires of his flesh, you don't read any more about Joseph. Think about it. This one episode was a, was a watershed event in Joseph's life where he, he, look, nobody knows him. As far as his father's concerned, he's dead. His brothers have sold him into slavery and have pretty much by now forgotten about him. He is, uh, he is a non-entity uh, with everybody back home that knows him. He could have easily given in to the temptation of the flesh. It would have been easy for him to say yes to the, to the seduction or the advances of this woman. But no, Joseph said, hey, I, 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 I belong to God. I can't sin against God this way. That's what he said. He said, look, uh, he said to this, uh, this woman, he said, there's none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? By the way, I like that. Joseph saw, he saw the temptation for what it was, wickedness. Amen. How guilty are we sometimes of trying to whitewash things? We put cute little labels on things in 2016. Well, you know, it's not, it's not an abomination against God anymore. You know, homosexuality, that's, a, that's an alternative lifestyle. No, the Bible says it's wicked. It's vile, it's putrid, it's disgusting, it's wicked, and it's an abomination in the sight of a holy God, the Bible says. He doesn't mince any words about that. And Joseph, rightfully so, recognized his temptation for what it was. He said, it's wicked. It's wicked. And he would not yield himself to the temptation of the flesh, so much so that he ran. He ran. You see, some folks forfeit the blessings of God by quitting. Other folks don't see God's blessings because they yield to the temptation of the flesh. They yield to the temptation of the flesh. You understand something this morning? Satan doesn't care how he sidetracks you from, from having God's best as long as he sidetracks you. If he can sidetrack you by getting you to quit and tuck tail and run when things get rough, then that's what he'll do. If he can get you, if he can tempt you to do something wrong to cause you to forfeit God's best for your life, hey, that's what he'll do. I'm simply saying, why don't we just determine that uh, come what may, we want to be where God can bless us in a mighty way. Joseph, he, uh, he kept on in the pit he didn't quit when he had the opportunity. Number two, he wouldn't yield to the temptation of the flesh. There's no doubt in my mind that if Joseph says yes to that wicked woman, you don't read about Joseph and his, his part in saving of a nation. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that, hey, young people, don't forfeit God's best for, for, for just a little bit of pleasure as a teenager. Hey, don't sacrifice the altar of the permanent, uh, or, or the, the, don't, don't sacrifice the permanent on the altar of immediate gratification and immediate pleasure. Hey, God's got great plans for you. Don't sidetrack it by just a little bit of pleasure that you find in sin for a season. 
Passage number three. Joseph, not on, why did God bless Joseph? Why did God use Joseph in a special way? I believe it was because he didn't quit in the pit. I believe it was because he didn't cave in to the temptation of the flesh. And then I want you to see number three. I believe it was because Joseph kept a tender heart. Joseph kept a tender heart. If we fast forward the story, you find where Joseph, as a 30-something-year-old as a now vice president, vice pharaoh of the land of Egypt, he's now uh, in charge of, uh, of, of much of uh, the, uh, uh, the, the duties of, of dividing out the food from the seven years of plenty and so forth. Well, it just so happens that his brothers come to see him one day. Those same brothers that threw him in a pit. Those same brothers that mocked him for his dreams. Those same brothers that said, let's kill him. Those same brothers that sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the, uh, uh, to the Ishmaelites as they were heading down toward Egypt. Those same brothers came back and they said, uh, uh, now they didn't recognize him at first because he's in all of his Egyptian uh, VIP garb and so forth. And so they don't know who he is, but you know what? He knows who they are. Aha, payback is wonderful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you, again, if you had siblings growing up, you, you know exactly what those emotions might have been. <laughs> but, uh, but those brothers, they come and they bow before Joseph as this dignitary in Egypt. And they said, my Lord, we need to buy food. We need to sustain our families down in Can or, or up in Canaan. And uh, think about what Joseph must have felt. I want you to take your Bibles, turn back to Genesis chapter 45. I know we're using our Bibles quite a bit this morning, but it's okay. You lost an hour of sleep last night and it'll help you, all right? Genesis chapter 45, look at verse number 1. Genesis chapter 45 and verse number 1. This is not the first meeting of Joseph and his brothers, but I want you to see something that bears itself out in this, ver in these, this passage. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Of course, this is not the first meeting of Joseph and his brothers. Uh, there was a little bit of a cat and mouse game that went on. There were several meetings between them. But, uh, but here we see the culmination of this, uh, the, uh, the, the, the peak of the story as far as his relationship with his brothers is concerned. And he reveals himself to them and said, hey, it's me. I'm Joseph. I'm your brother. I'm the one that you sold into slavery uh, uh, several years ago, now many years ago. But hey, don't be angry at yourself because God had a plan in this. But what I want you to understand is this. Joseph never lost his tender heart toward his brothers. After all that had happened in Joseph's life, he could have been bitter. He could have been angry. He could have been vengeful. He could have said in his heart, okay, boys, now it's my turn. <laughs> okay, boys, you threw me in a pit. You plotted to kill me. You sold me into slavery. And hey, fellas, it's my turn to get even. That could have been his attitude. But Joseph, again, he saw the big picture. And God allowed him through, the, through his grace to keep a tender heart. Why did God use Joseph? I believe it's 
part of the reason was because he kept a tender heart. You know that same God of heaven wants to use you this morning? He wants to bless your heart. <clears throat> he wants to bless your life. <clears throat> but you know what? Sometimes we get in the way because of our own bitterness. We, our, own, our own vengefulness gets in the way. Our own hard heart sometimes gets in the way of God having his way in our life. I want to share with you a verse, a very familiar passage, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 32. The Bible says this, And be ye kind one to another, notice the next word, tenderhearted. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Tenderhearted. That's a word that we don't hear much. It's a word that we don't use very much. But it's a very important word in the vocabulary of a child of God. We've got to keep a tender heart. We've got to keep a tender heart toward God. We've got to keep a tender heart toward the blessed Holy Spirit as he tries to speak to our hearts. Hey, I'm simply saying, sometimes God is trying to speak to us, but we're not listening because we've got a hardened heart. A hardened heart. We've got to keep a tender heart toward brothers and sisters in Christ. It's so easy to become bitter, isn't it? It's so easy to get that hard shell over our heart that says, you know what, I'm done with people. I'm done. Hey, people do you wrong. People may say things about you. People may, uh, may, uh, may uh, uh, do harsh things towards you. And it's very easy in this life, especially the older you get, to become a little bit calloused, a little bit hard-hearted, a little bit, uh, 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 bit rough-shelled toward people. You know what? We can't afford that. We can't afford that. If Joseph's attitude had been toward his brothers, I'll get revenge if it's the last thing I do. You don't read about the... The, the, the subsequent chapters never happened. They never happened. But God was allowed to, God to use Joseph. God, Joseph allowed God to use him. Why? Because he, had a, he kept a tender heart. Ask God to give you a tender heart. Ask the Lord to keep your heart tender. What's the opposite of that, preacher? The opposite of that is a bitter heart. The Bible talks about bitterness in many different passages, and I'll not, this isn't a Bible study on bitterness, but let me, just, let me suffice it to say this. The, the, the Bible talks about, uh, uh, talks about a root of bitterness that springs up in the heart of a person, and it says that when that happens, many are defiled. Many are defiled. In other words, when I allow bitterness to creep into my heart, when, 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 when a tender heart is replaced by bitterness in my heart, a lot of people get hurt unnecessarily. A lot of people suffer unnecessarily when there's bitterness there. When that bitterness takes the place of the tender heart. Keep a tender heart. Why did God use Joseph? I believe it was because he didn't quit while he was in the pit. Why did God use Joseph? I believe that God used Joseph because he was able to say no in a time of temptation. Why did God use Joseph? I believe that God used Joseph because he was able to keep a tender heart. But I want you to notice this finally this morning. <clears throat> Why did God use Joseph? I believe that God used Joseph because Joseph never lost his dream. He never lost his dream. If you go back to the beginning of the story, we'll not turn there for the sake of time, but the Bible says that when Joseph was 17 years old, the Bible says that he was a dreamer. He was a dreamer. And as we talked about a while ago, Joseph's dreams sometimes got him in trouble with Joseph's brothers. Uh, they didn't like his dreams. They hated him for his dreams, the Bible says. In fact, when they saw him coming, they, they said, Behold, this dreamer cometh. This dreamer cometh. You understand something? 
At the time, Joseph was 17 years old, but Joseph never lost his dream. He never lost his dream. Uh, in the middle of bad circumstances, he still had a dream. In the middle of, uh, of being cast into prison, he never lost his dream. After being thrown into a pit and sold into slavery, he never lost his dream. Uh, after being uh, lied about by Potiphar's wife, you know, we didn't read the rest of the story. Potiphar ran back to her husband and said, Joseph tried to, he tried to take advantage of me. And because of that, of course, Potiphar, believing the story of his wife, had Joseph cast into prison and he was there for two years in prison. But he never lost his dream. He never lost his dream. And God used him. God used him. Hey, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes we're guilty of looking at our lives as being half empty instead of half full. Sometimes our dreams get damaged. Sometimes we're guilty of, 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 of looking at life as, you know, in a negative context all the time. Instead of understanding that the same God that started to work in our hearts many, many years ago is the same God that will perform it. Is the same God. Hey, the Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Hey, I'm simply saying don't lose your dream this morning. Don't lose that zeal that you once had. You know, I, I love pastoring this church. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. You, you're wonderful people. And as uh, boy, Brother Cooper hit it right on the head in Sunday school and talking about, you know, the church isn't a building. It's about people. It's about people. But one of the challenges of, of pastoring people who've been saved for a long time is trying to make sure that we don't ever lose our dream. It's trying to make sure that we don't ever get calloused. It's trying to make sure that we don't ever become, uh, you, know, be, you know, just you know, get used to the goodness of God. You know, Joseph, you look at all the things he went to. He went for 13 years and then plus the seven years of plenty. So at least by the time he meets his brothers, it's at least been 20 to 25 years since he was a 17-year-old kid in a pit. At least 20 to 25 years. But he never lost his dream. He never quit believing that God was going to do something. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just visions that he had. I'm not talking about that kind of dream. It was a dream that was given to him by God. It was a dream that God kindled in his soul. It was a dream that God gave to him. It was something that, 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 that was a vision that, that, uh, that was given to him by Almighty God, and he never let it die. He never let it die. Can I, can I help you with something this morning? Can I help all of us? <clears throat> The same God that started something in your life the day that you got saved is the same God that still wants to use you. Amen. You say, oh, preacher, I've been saved a long time. Yep. Some, in some cases, I'm afraid we've gotten used to that. Now, thank God. If your testimony is I've been saved for 30, 40, 50 years, some of you have been saved longer than that. And that's a wonderful testimony. And, and that, that, that's fabulous. That's fantastic. But you know what? Don't ever lose the freshness of, that you had the day that you got saved. You see, it's easy to let that wane over time. It's easy to let that become cold. It's easy to let the, that, that fire of zeal and that fire of a vision and that fire of, oh boy, I want to do something for God. It's easy to let that die over time. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Hey, if you're, uh, if you're 17, like Joseph was when he, first had, when he was first called the dreamer, or you're 87, or 107, or 177, it doesn't matter. Hey, I'm simply saying, don't lose the fire of that dream. Don't, don't lose the fact that God wants to do something in your life. God's got something for you. He's got something for you. Don't ever lose that. 
Why did God use Joseph? Why is it that we come to the last chapter of the book of Genesis and, and God talks about this man, this great man named Joseph? The man that, humanly speaking, was responsible for the salvation of a nation. Humanly speaking, we understand that God had a purpose in it and God was the one who directed all of it and to him be all praise and glory and honor for it. But God used Joseph in a mighty way. Why? He wouldn't give up in the pit. <laughs> he wouldn't give up in the pit. Why? Well, because when temptation came, he was able to say no. He was able to say no. Why did God use Joseph? What was it about Joseph that, that, that made God do something extraordinary with him? He never lost his tender heart. He never lost his tender heart. And he never lost his dream. Hey, you know what? God wants to do something in your life. God's got great plans for you. Understand something? You're, you're a designer's model. There's nobody in this world just like you. You're unique. God's got a special plan for you. You know, sometimes you say that, and, and you know, sometimes you say that to, to teenagers or to young people, and boy, they got, that, they got that look that says, you know what, that's true. Man, that's awesome. And you almost see that light come on when you say that to young people, but as you get older, sometimes you say that to a group of adults, and, and it's like, they look at you and it's like, really? <laughs> really? Yeah, really. God wants to use you. God wants to do something. God's got great plans for your life. Hey, I don't, again, if you're 1 or 92, it doesn't matter. God's got something for you. Hey, just the same God that had plans for Joseph, the same God that used him to save a multitude of people wants to use you. Wants to use you. Don't let that die. You keep that. You understand that. May I help all of us this morning? That begins with salvation. That begins with salvation. If you're here this morning, <clears throat> God has wonderful plans for your life, but those plans begin with you receiving Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. That, that, un, that, hey, that unlocks a whole new life for you. Salvation is not the end of something, it's the beginning of something. Hey, when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, <clears throat> it, it, it was amazing how many things opened up in my life, and the same thing will happen for you. If you'll trust Christ as your Savior. If you're here and you don't know for sure that heaven is your home, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. It starts with you understanding, you know what, I'm a sinner. <laughs> I can't save myself. But there's a God in heaven who loves me so much that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross 2,000 years ago. And three days later, as the fellow sang about a while ago, he rose again from the dead so that I could have eternal life. That's where it starts. The Bible says if you'll simply by faith receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can have that assurance that not only do you have eternal life, but Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He wants you to know the fulfillment of living for him, of experiencing that abundant life. How about it this morning? How about it? Things we learn from the life of Joseph. He didn't give up in the pit. He kept a tender heart. He said no to temptation. He never lost his dream. How about you this morning? Christian, I hope the message has been an encouragement to you. Don't, don't lose it. God wants to do something in your life. If you're here this morning, you don't know for sure that you're saved. Let's take care of that today. Boy, you come, you've come to a wonderful place. We love people here. And we want, you, we want you to know before you walk out those doors that heaven is your eternal home. And it opens up so much of a brand new world through Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed.